You're listening to Center Church Podcast. At Center Church, we strive to keep Jesus at the center of everything we do. You're about to hear a message from our pastor, Matthew Edwards. But before you do, we want to invite you to visit our website at centercharlotte.org. There you can sign up for our weekly emails and receive new content as we release it. Secondly, we want to invite you to visit our pastor's blog at matthewedwards.cc. And finally, if this podcast ministered to you in any way, go ahead and subscribe and you'll be the first to know when we release more content in the future. Thanks for listening in and be blessed. So we thank you for Lord in Jesus name. Everyone said amen. amen. Well, it is 2020. Um, like I said earlier, keep in mind, just because it's the new year doesn't mean that the thing for the last year ends. We pick up right where we left off and the Lord loves to add to you. He loves to build on top of it. And I do want to say this too, before we dive into the word, um, I don't really do the whole New Year resolution thing. I tried. I failed. I think that's the whole point of it is to make you realize how much of a failure you have become. But no, um, I will say this. New Year's resolutions always come from a good place. But the problem with resolutions is this. It presupposes that you can do something and it shifts your 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 focus or your vision onto yourself. So when you say, OK, this year I'm going to do this. This year, this is my New Year's resolution. It means that you are looking at you and you are going to judge yourself when you can't do it. Instead of doing that, do this. Father, there are three things I want you to help me with this year. (laughs) Did you bring that this morning, by the way? Good. Father, there's three things I want you to help me with this year. Instead of trusting in myself, I'm going to trust you with these things. So instead of a resolution for myself, Father, this is a resolution for you. This is three three areas I want you to deal with for me. So I hope you have that. If not, don't worry. We'll, uh, we'll pray for those at the end of the service. But anyways, let's dive into it. Before I tell you what the theme of the year was, let me just take you down a trail. Do you know, well, let me ask you this. On this side of the cross, and it's okay if we don't get the answer I'm looking for, but on this side of the cross, what is the most important thing that you can do? Yes. That was a good answer that I was not anticipating. Is there anything else? (laughs) What is the most important thing you can do on this side of the cross? And I would even say that rest comes because of what you do. Belief, yes, but belief comes because of something that you do. What is the most important thing you can do on this side of the cross? Does anyone know? I'm so glad that no one had the answer. Center church, here we go. All right, let's dive into it. So on this side of the cross, the most important thing you can do is to hear the word of God. Hear the word of God. And I just want to pause for a moment and say, good morning. How are you? I know this beautiful woman and this amazing guy right here with the World War II hat on. It's good to see both of you this morning. But anyways, this side of the cross, what is the most important thing you can do? Hear the word of God. I remember a while back I was, um, and I've, I've shared this story before, I was struggling with back pain. Uh, about two years ago. And I remember it put me on the floor in my office. I couldn't move. I was just stuck on the floor. But I was arms reach away from a box of communion. And in this church, we are big believers in communion. When you are sick, take communion. When you get a bad report, take communion. When the doctor says take this three times a day, take it. But also take communion three times a day. In fact, my parents are the ones that push me even further. This person doesn't like me at work. Go in. Take communion. All right. Every time something bad happens, take communion. And so I I got to the point where I just eat bread and drink grape juice all day. I am a firm believer in communion. And in this church, I hope that you take communion that much as well. Every time something happens, we take communion. But anyways, uh, I was on the floor. I had a horrible back pain. I couldn't move. 
and I was an arm's length away from communion, and Christina wasn't in the house. So I reached over, I grabbed it, and I was like, this is it. This is the miracle. And so I took communion, and 10 minutes later, I was still on the floor, couldn't move. So I took it again. 10 minutes later, still couldn't move. At this point, I'm going, Lord, if I take it again, my faith is just going to go straight out the window. That's where it's going to go. So I waited about a good hour, and I started praying in the spirit, and then I took communion again, and guess what? Still on the floor. And I went to the Lord, and the Lord said, son, You've tried to turn communion into a button. You think you can take it and push it and you'll get a response from me. That's not how it works. And from that moment on, the Lord took me down a trail. Communion. What does communion even mean? Do you know what it means? And I said, well, it means bread, juice. Wrong. (laughs) That's what we do to exercise it. He said, but it was always supposed to be a celebration. The word communion at its root means to celebrate something. When's the last time you and me sat down and celebrated what we what I did to save you? And I thought, man. Okay, thank you. And all of a sudden, my understanding of communion started to increase. Now, out of that situation, I said, Lord, I still see what your word says, but I didn't get the miracle I was looking for. What happened? And the Lord said, son, go back and hear the message on communion. So you know what I did? I started playing sermons on healing. I started playing sermons on healing. I went back and listened to what the Lord shared with me, some of my own sermons on healing. I went back to the man who taught me about communion. And I just started learning about communion all over again and started hearing things I never heard before and messages that I could quote like the back of my hand. I just started hearing it and hearing it. And out of that, I can't honestly tell you the last time I've had back pain that just put me out of work altogether. Can't tell you the last time it happened. I've had moments where I do something I know I shouldn't and my back kind of, uh, But I've never gone from that to the point where I can't walk, I can't move, I have to go to the hospital again, I have to take pills or something. I haven't been at that point since that time. Now that by the grace of God. But what did the Lord do? He said, son, the greatest thing you can do on this side of the cross is to hear the word of God. Faith, which is a rest, comes by what? Hearing the word of God. Whatever we need from God on this side of the cross, the Lord said, son, I want you to hear And as you hear, the faith will come. If you need something from the Lord and you're still not getting it in 2020, all you need to do is hear the word of God. And everyone said, amen. Amen. Just by hearing, you hearing God's word, God can get more done for you. In fact, and I'll submit this and I'm trying to get to the the verse. I'll submit this. Most of us, and I'm saying this by the grace of God, please don't be mad at me. Most of us have been asking God for something. And I felt so impressed from the Lord to say this this morning. Most of us have been asking God for something. And the Lord said, I wanted to give it to you. But the only thing stopping you from getting that is you hearing the word. That's it. Now, listen, it's not having heard. Yes, I heard the sermon on communion. But are you hearing the word on communion? It's not having heard the word on prosperity. It's are you hearing the word on prosperity? It's not what you heard. Yesterday's manna is good, but you must get manna fresh every single day. That means hear the word and hear the word and hear the word and don't stop hearing it. The moment you stop hearing it, you're on your own. (laughs) And everyone said, all right, you still love me, right? I got my own time. Let's look at Matthew chapter 13. I want to look at the parable of the sower. And um, we're going to, I'm excited about the theme for this year. Oh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. Let me say this. It is going to be a good year. Yes, it is. Amen. Yeah. There's some people who said, man, Matthew, you said that in 2019. You're right. And I'm going to say it for 2020. Even if it looks like all hell is breaking loose. Let me say this. Declare out loud. This is a good year. In fact, I'm going to share this with you. I wasn't going to share this until later. Do you know that? 
last Sunday, I made a comment about the, um, the snake eyes, right? You remember that? Some of you were here. I made a comment about the, the, eyes, the, the eyes of a serpent. And so uh, I won't get into that today. We'll probably do that next Sunday. Um, but what I was going to share about that that I couldn't share last Sunday was this. Every Hebrew number has a Hebrew letter that corresponds, and every letter has a picture. So, for example, you can look at the number 79, or you can look at 70, the number 70, right? 70 for us in the English. But in the Hebrew, the Hebrew letter actually is a picture of a serpent. Now, you put it together with the rest of the Hebrew calendar. Do you know that we're in the year 2020, right? But for the Jew, they are actually in the year 500. I'm sorry, 5,780. Five, seven, I'm sorry, 5780. 5,780. Are you with me? Now, again, I hope I don't lose you. None of this has anything to do with the sermon here. I'll explain why. All right. When you look at the number 80, keep in mind the Jewish New Year starts sometime around September, right? On the Day of Atonement. The priest goes in, sprinkles the blood, he comes out, he blesses the people. That's the beginning of the New Year. Now, we follow a Greek or Gregorian calendar, which our calendar starts in January. So today is like, you know, the beginning of the new year. But for the Jew, they've already been in the new year for several months. Are you following me? Now, the reason why I'm saying that is this. 500, I'm sorry, 5,779, what the Jews were just in was the serpent eyes. Two eyes of a serpent. Okay? Now, that's not a very good thing. Snakes in the Bible are never a good thing, and we shared that last Sunday. But keep in mind... What God was trying to say was this, turn your eyes to the serpent, not Satan himself. But who did God say to God said to Moses, what are you to put on the pole? And everyone who looks, they will live. Put the bronze serpent on the pole. And Jesus said in John chapter four, as the serpent was put on the pole, so must the son of man, myself, be put on the cross. And the same truth that was for them is the truth for us today. Everyone who looks at Jesus on the cross, they will Live. Are you with me? Now, for many of us, the life that God sustained us with in 2019 just came simply because you were intentional about looking at Jesus. Are you with me? But keep in mind, that was the end of the Jewish year last year. Now the Jews are in 5,780. And the number 80, the Hebrew letter is the letter pay. Does anyone know what pay in the Hebrew is? The picture. Does anyone know? I know at least one or two of you know, but you're just not saying it. It's the picture for the mouth. That means for the next 10 years, God has set a theme for the Jews and for his people, all of us. That now for the next 10 years, see, we just came out of a decade of seeing Jesus. Now God is saying, now that you've seen Jesus, I want you to begin to declare what you see. Are you with me? Now God is saying, I want you to declare For the next 10 years, the theme that God has set is speak it out loud. Say it out loud. Let me say this. All of God's truth is relevant. But then there are some things that God has a special anointing for, a time and a season for. For example, all last year, every time I would share on seeing Jesus, I just felt like, man, there was a a powerful anointing to share. Those are my favorite messages. I would go back and listen to those all the time. And I had no idea why. And then when I went back and studied, I found because we were in a season of seeing The Holy Spirit was specially anointing any message that said, see Jesus, see Jesus, see Jesus. So I'm mad at myself for not preaching more about seeing Jesus. (laughs) But now we're in a season of speaking out loud. There's a special anointing for speaking out loud. And everyone said, now I'll share more about that in the future. 
But keep in mind, all that is going to tie into what the Lord has shared with us for this year. I just won't get into it today. Today, I want to keep it as simple as possible. So let's look at the parable of the sower. In Matthew chapter 13, it says, On the same day Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And keep in mind, Jesus was uh, most likely in Capernaum. We were in Capernaum. I say that every time I share about Jesus. We were in Capernaum. You will be there where he fed the 5,000, where he said, okay, you get the point. Anyways, verse 2, and great multitudes were gathered together to Jesus so that he got into a boat and sat. And the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, behold, a sower went out to sow. Now, I know most of us know the parable, so we won't uh, try to break it down all yet, but just follow along. A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. Now, this is a well-known parable in the church so we're not going to spend too much time just on the story itself. Now, watch this in verse 9. Jesus says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And his disciples came to Jesus and said, why do you speak to them in parables? Now, he says this parable, he walks away from the people. Interesting. You probably had, he probably had a lot of farmers in his audience, a lot of people who understood the idea and the concept of sowing seed. We don't need a deep revelation, Jesus. We get the point. A sower sowed the seed. But what in the world does this have to do with anything? But keep in mind, Jesus did not hang around to explain the parable to the crowd. He leaves. Now, once he is away from the crowd, the disciples come to Jesus and say, why do you speak to them in parables? Now, before we break this down, I don't want anyone to miss this because this is what the Lord is saying. This is going to tie in. There's two things that the Lord said is going to tie into the theme of this year that God said, I want to do for you. This is what I want to do for you. But I need you to do your part. Now, I'll tell you your part in a few moments. But this is one of the things God says, I'm asking you to let me do this for you. The spirit of God, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of Christ. Jesus will never force anyone to be healed. He will never force anyone to receive anything. He will never force you. He's asking you, will you let me? So are you ready? So they said, why do you speak to them in parables? Verse 11, Jesus answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him, more will be given and he will have an abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now I'm going to explain that in just a moment, but look at verse 12 one more time. For whoever has to him, more will be given. And he will have an abundance. Now, for you in 2020, the Lord says, if you have something, let me say this, you'll be given more. And then you'll have an abundance. But there are some people who they don't have. And the little that they had, it will be taken from them. Now, it's not God saying, I'm going to take it from you. But it will be taken from them. In the parable, in the parable that we just read, of all the soil, there was only one soil that the birds came and took something from it. And it was the wayside. Are you with me? So there are some believers that the word will fall on. The word will fall on their hearts. And even though it falls on their hearts, listen, listen, what little that they had or they thought they had, it'll be taken from them. Now, let's keep going. In verse 13, Jesus says, therefore, I speak to the people in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in those people, in them, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. 
For the hearts of this people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts in turn, so that I should heal them. Notice he doesn't say so that I could heal them, so that I should heal them. In other words, should means this. Once they see, once they hear, and once they understand, there is no reason why I cannot heal them. Healing is theirs. They will be healed. Do you see that? I'm telling you in 2020, be numbered among those who see, hear, and understand. And I'm going to show you how in just a moment. But see, hear, understand. Because when you see, when you hear, and when you understand, God is saying there is no reason why you will not be healed. I've removed that. Every obstacle has been removed. You will be healed. In fact, this is one of the things the Lord said he wants to do for us this year. Verse 16. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. So here we go. Verse 17. He says, for surely I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see it. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Now, before we uh, transition to the next verse, in fact, let's switch over to Mark. The same parable is mentioned in Matthew, Mark and Luke. But I want to show you Mark's understanding of it, because in Mark. All of a sudden, Mark included something in the Greek that pulls out the secret to being good soil. All right. I want all of you to be good soil. I want all of you to be good soil. Jesus said, everyone hears the word. Only 25 percent are good soil. Out of the 25 percent, only one third of that 25 percent will produce a hundredfold return. So I'm trying to up my odds here. Okay, help me out. (laughs) Look at this in Mark chapter four. Now. As soon as he finishes the parable, it says this. And Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? Same parable. How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. Now, before we go, let's just break it apart verse by verse. This morning, I am the sower. Okay. This morning, I am the sower. And what is the seed? It's the word of God. What's being preached, what's being taught, what's being shared, the word of God. So the sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear it, Satan comes immediately. Notice he doesn't wait. He comes how fast? Immediately. Immediately. And takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Now, notice when they hear it, Satan comes immediately and takes away what was sown. Now, I wish I had included Matthew's version, but the point is this. When they hear the word, in fact, I'll show you in just a moment. Don't worry, I'll show you. Look at verse 16. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the word, immediately they receive it with gladness. Now, before we move to verse 17, do you see verse 15? It says, the one by the wayside, when they hear, see when they hear, the word hear. When you look up the word hear, the tense is this, present participle, meaning they heard the word. All right? Like this morning, all of you hear the word. Are you with me? The stony ground, same thing, same verb, same tense. You hear the word. Wayside, Satan comes immediately. Stony ground, you received it with gladness. Oh, man, Matthew preached a great sermon this Sunday. I know that happens every week, right? (laughs) All right. You receive it with gladness. Yes. All right. Verse 17. But they have no root in themselves and so endure only for a time. Afterward, when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, and my mom just said that, right? When it arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. In other words, you came to church, you heard the word of God, you heard the word on communion, you heard the sermon, and you were excited. I'm going to go home and take communion every day. Then all of a sudden you get sick, 
and you endure only for a time. You take it, but you don't get better. So you throw communion out or you just forget about it. You just don't care, you know, but don't be deceived. The trouble, the persecution, the tribulation, it did not come because you are a great person. Satan did not attack you because you're an awesome person. He attacked you because he saw that the word was sown on your heart. See, the moment you hear, I can forgive because God has forgiven me. Satan comes and says, we have to get this out of his heart now, because if we do, he will forgive his wife. And if he forgives his wife, they will be unstoppable. <laughs> and likewise for my wife. <laughs> she has it, 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 the moment that word is sown. Christina, you can forgive Matthew. Where, she's not in here this morning. Why is she not here? This is the service. This is the one you can forgive him. Because God has forgiven you. If that word takes root, I'll lose all influence I have in their marriage. We have to get this word out immediately. Trouble does not come because we are awesome. And we are awesome in the name of Jesus. Trouble comes because of the word that's sown. Are you with me? All right. So it makes more sense of some of the problems we endure, right? <laughs> all right. Anyways, immediately they stumble. Now, these are the ones. Notice what was the problem with this group, though, in verse 17? They endure only for a time. Only for a time. But the word here is the same word that we saw in the first two. They heard it. Verse 18. Now, these are the ones sown among the thorns. They are the ones who hear the word. The word here again is the same tense, same verb. They heard the word of God. And the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desires for other things entering in. I'm sorry, entering in, choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. In other words, you have a desire for other things. You want other things. You need other things. Man, I really want this or I need that. I, you know, I heard the word of God. Yes, but there's always a but on the end of it. Yes, but one of the, the, the worst things you can do in church is this. Yes, but if I don't, it won't happen. Yes, but if I don't, what will happen? All right. Now, notice it comes in and it chokes the word of God. The only way it can choke the word of God is this. Me doing something looks like I'll get something done faster and more productive versus letting him do it. Are you with me? So it chokes the word of God. Now look at verse 20. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear. The word here is the present indicative active verb. I know that means nothing to you on Sunday morning. Let me explain. The word here right here is a present indicative active meaning. You hear the word now. When you go home, you hear the word again. When you get in your car tomorrow morning, you hear the word again. When you're at work and all of a sudden you start feeling something in your body, you hear the word again. You just never stop hearing the word. You hear the word. You hear it. You hear it. Unlike the first three, they heard it. This person who is good soil is hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing. Are you with me? And watch this. They heard the word. They hear the word. Accept it and bear fruit. You will bear fruit if you will keep hearing. Some 30 fold, some 60 some 100. Now watch this. Now I'm bringing you to something. Watch this. Verse 21. Also, Jesus said to them, is a lamp brought to be put under a basket or under a bed? Is it not to be set on a lampstand? Now, how does he go from talking about seed to a lamp? Do you know why? Because the word that's inside of you is a lamp. That word is light. So what does he say? If the lamp is inside of you, what do you do with a lamp? Do you put it under a bed or under a basket? No, you set it on a lampstand. God is saying, if you'll hear the word and keep hearing it and hearing it, I will make that thing shine so bright that everyone will see. Whatever the word that's going into your heart, that word will be the thing that marks you. 
If you're hearing the word on communion, people will see health shining from you. If you're hearing the word on prosperity, God is saying people will see prosperity written all over you. If there's a light inside of you, I don't want to hide it. I want to shine and I want that thing to shine so everyone sees it. For there is nothing hidden which, can, which will not be revealed, nor has anything been kept secret, but that it should come to light. What God puts in you, he will make sure the world sees it. <laughs> now watch this, verse 23. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Then Jesus said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. And to you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Now, didn't we just read that in Matthew? Now, I'm going to show you this verse, and I'm going to show you in 1 Kings. I'm coming to something. Verse 24, one more time. And this is one of the verses. I wanted to make this the verse of the year, but it's not. Oh, man. I wanted to. I wanted to include it. Look at verse 24. Take heed what you hear. I'm telling you in 2020, we say this all the time, but I mean it. I'm telling you, let me say this. It does, like I said Sunday, it does not take a prophetic word from God to know the world is getting darker. In fact, I felt a release from the Lord. This year, I want you to share on something you've never shared before. And we will do that at some point very, very soon. But let me say this. The world is getting darker. Some of you might have seen the news recently. Guess what? We are in a war with someone who says, hey, we have sales all across America. Surprise, we're in a war now. Now, let me say this. Whether you're happy to be in it, whether you're not, irrelevant. Because at the end of the day, let me say this. Only God can put you at the right place at the right time. Are you with me? Only God can put you at the right place at the right time. Only God can protect you and your family to make sure that no evil can harm you, no evil can touch you, no matter what happens. It's irrelevant how we got here. The point is this. Only God can keep you safe. Are you with me? But knowing that, take heed to what you hear, because if you are not hearing truth, you cannot be shocked when bad things happen. Are you with me? In fact, I'm going to jump off on a limb. I'm a huge fan of the life coach approach, but I believe that that ministry is coming to an end in the church of God. God is saying, I'm done with people who refuse to talk about my son. Unless you're willing to talk about Jesus, I'm done. I'm done. And I say that graciously. Very, very graciously. In fact, DJ, I'm not going to that. Irrelevant. Point I'm trying to make is this. Take heed what you hear. You need to be very, very careful what you let come into you. You need to be very careful what you're listening to. Take heed to what you hear, because the same measure that you use, it will be measured to you. This is not do good, get good. This is, hey, if you give attention to someone who's not preaching Jesus, be very, very careful. Because the same amount of attention you give them, do not be surprised when things start falling apart. What you need to be hearing is Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Now, let me show you this, and this is where the Lord took me, and I'm going to share with you the, the theme of this year. A couple months ago, it was about, um, I want to say November or October, I was kind of looking at life, looking at my job. Things have been really well. Things have been going really well. Um, and I just kind of looked across the board, and I said, Lord, there's a lot of favor here. There's a lot of good things happening, and not just there in my home. There's a lot of good things happening. Everything's moving in a positive direction. I said, but there's still some areas I could really use your good success in. And before I just hit the ground running, start doing a whole bunch of things, I need you to give me some clarity and some guidance. And the Lord shared with me in, it was uh, October, November, the theme for this year. And he said, I want you to start it now. He said, son, I want you to start reading a proverb a day, every single day that follows the month. Now, I used to do this years ago. I've done it years ago. But the Lord said, I want you to get back to doing that. 
There's 31 Proverbs, 31 days in a month. Read the proverb of the day every single day. And then he took me to the story in First Kings. Now, I've known this story, but he took me to the story in First Kings. And this is going to be what the theme of the year is. Right? Watch this. Now, we shared this, we've shared this several times as the year ended. But First Kings chapter 3, it says, Now the king Solomon, he went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, verse 5, at Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night. And God said, ask, what shall I give you? Now, we talked about why God asked him that. The Lord said this, I want you to be successful. And I want this church to be successful. I want the people who make up the church successful. You know how you make a successful church? You make the people successful. And God said, I want all the people to be successful. Not just one or two, all the people to be successful. But how do you get there? Solomon offered a thousand burnt offerings. The Lord said, son, increase your revelation of what Jesus did at the cross. Continue to increase the revelation of what Jesus did for you at the cross. All right. Now Solomon offers a thousand and the Lord says, ask me whatever you want. I'll give it to you. We talked about that. Verse six. And Solomon said, you have shown great mercy to your servant, David, my father, because he walked before you in truth and righteousness and in uprightness of heart with you. You have continued this great kindness for him, and you have given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is this day. Now, O Lord, my God, you have made your servant king instead of my father, David. But I am a little child. I don't know how to go out or to come in. What is he doing? He's being humble. Humility. Verse 8. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen, a great people, too numerous to be numbered or counted. Therefore, here it is, therefore, give to your servant an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and evil. For who is able to judge this great people of yours? The speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Now we shared before, for years I was taught, Solomon said, God, give me wisdom, right? And God was pleased. He made him rich. He made him rich. He gave him honor and said, I'll give you long life if you're good. But we shared a couple weeks ago that the word understanding heart is the word hearing heart. Shema in the Hebrew. Shema. God, give me a hearing heart, right? Now, when I saw this, the Lord said this. This is a couple of months ago. This is why I've been halfway sharing going in Sundays. I couldn't wait. The Lord said, son. Mm. The Lord said, son, this will be the year of having a hearing heart. He said, this year, I'm going to give you and everyone who wants it a hearing heart. Now, I'm going to explain what that means in just a moment, all right? But he said, this will be the year of a hearing heart. I'm giving everyone who asked for it this year a hearing heart. Now, let me back up because I couldn't wait. <laughs> the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. Then God said to him, because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life for yourself, nor have you asked for riches for yourself, nor have asked for the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern justice. Translation, you didn't ask me for wealth. You didn't ask me for prosperity. You didn't ask me for health. You didn't ask me for victory over your people who didn't like you. What did you ask me for? What did he ask God for? I'm not saying don't ask God for wealth. I'm not saying don't ask God for or prosperity or don't ask God for more favor in certain areas. I'm not saying that at all. Ask God for it. Receive it. Paul said we reign in life by receiving more of God's favor. I'm not saying don't ask God. But what I'm saying is Solomon came to God and he could have asked for anything. And God told Solomon, you could have asked me for anything and I would have gave it to you. But you asked me for one thing. And I'm telling you, when I saw this, I've been marinating on this for the last two or three months. The Lord said, son, he asked me for a heart that could hear me. That's it. 
There's a lot of voices in the world. Let me say this. There's a lot of voices on the news. There's a lot of voices in Charlotte. But I'm telling you, God is saying, if you want to hear my voice over every other voice, that's the request that pleases me. Do you want to hear my voice over every other voice? I joked about it last year, but I'll say it again this year. When you get into a fight with your spouse, whose voice do you want to hear more? (laughs) The voice in your head telling you what you should do or the voice of the Lord who tells you how to maneuver? I'm telling you, the Lord says, son, put a priority on my voice. Put a priority on my voice. And if you will ask me this year, if you will prioritize my voice this year, I will give you and everyone in this church a hearing heart. Now, what was the result? What was the result? Behold, I have done according to your words. See, I have given you a wise. The word wise is actually the word for wisdom. I've given you wisdom. Solomon didn't ask God for wisdom. What did he ask God for? A hearing heart. But God said, I'll give you wisdom and understanding. Now, the word, the word understanding is the word bene, which is discernment. Literally, what, literally, the implication is this. God said, you asked me to hear my voice. I never stopped speaking. Now, because you asked to hear my voice, what I'm going to do is this. I'm going to give you discernment to hear my voice so that now when I speak, you'll hear me. You see, I think it's my mom that shared this. One thing Jewish people don't like is when people say, well, the Lord told me last night. The Lord told me yesterday because to the Jew, God never stopped speaking. It's only in America. We say, well, God told us. God told me this yesterday. God said this. But to the Jew, God is always speaking. God has a lot to say. (laughs) We're just not always listening. Are you with me? Right here, the the idea is that God is saying, I've given you understanding. I've given you bene, or actually it's pronounced ben. I've given you ben to discern my voice over every other voice. It's not saying I'll start talking to you now. No, I've always been talking. Now you're going to discern my voice over the other voices. And everyone said. Now watch this. So that there has not been anyone like you before you, nor shall any like you arise after you. And I've also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be anyone like you among all the kings, among the kings all your days. Now let me close with this. Let me close with this. That word understanding, God said, I've given you bene, or I've given you ben, right? I've given you discernment to hear my voice. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40. And this is the verse of the year. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. Watch this. God says, have you not known? I'm sorry, Isaiah speaks. He says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth. He neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Now watch this. Verse 28. His understanding is unsearchable. Excuse me. Is the same word for understanding that we just saw in first Kings. God said, I'll give you understanding to discern my voice. Literally right here. His discernment is unsearchable. Are you with me? Same word. Same word. But what was Solomon asking for again? God, I want to hear you. God, I want to hear you. Isaiah uses the same word. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak. Notice he gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. What did he just say in 28? He neither faints nor is he weary. Whatever God is, that's what he turns you into. But how does he do it? Verse 30, even the youth shall faint and be weary and young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Now, before we read verse 1, look at verse 31 one more time. God is saying, I never get tired. I never get weary. Let me take it one step further. God never gets old. 
Likewise, I'm going to turn you into me. What you see in me is what I will produce in you. I don't get weary. Then even the young people will get tired at some point, but you will never get tired. You'll be able to run all day. Right. And why does he say this? Why? Verse 31. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. How does he say it? How does he say it? I'm not going to turn you back into a teenager. That's pointless. What does he say? You will mount up with wings like eagles. You will mount up. You know what eagles do? They fly to a high peak where no one else can see them. They go somewhere really, really high where no one else can see them. And there they pluck all their feathers off. The feathers that say, hey, this feather's been here for 20 years. They start plucking it off. This feather's been here for 50 years, 30 years, 60 years, however old you are. Those feathers, God is saying, begin to pluck those feathers off. And then stay still. And I will cause new feathers to grow. Then when you fly back down, you will mount up with wings like eagles. People will look at you and say, how old is that eagle? We have no clue. Because the feathers that told us how old that eagle was are long gone. You will mount up with wings like eagles means what? God is saying, I'm renewing you back to the days of your youth. This year, all you have to do is wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. Wait on him. Now, I can just say, well, wait on the Lord means just here. Like Solomon said, just hear the Lord. But every truth, every treasure chest has a key somewhere close by. Would you like to see the key? And we'll close. Verse one, keep silence before me, O coastlands. What is God saying? Come into my presence and stop talking so much. (laughs) You can't hear me if you're talking at the same time. Don't come into my presence and just talk the whole time. Come into my presence and shut up. Ask God, give me a hearing voice. Give me, I said, give me a hearing heart. Don't ask him for a hearing heart and then never shut up. Ask God for a hearing heart and shut up. I'm sorry, I shouldn't say it that way. Ask God for a hearing heart and be quiet. All right? Keep silence before me, O coastlands. Let the people renew their strength. As you come into God's presence, I'm telling you, if it's in your car, in your car, close your eyes and say, Lord, I just thank you right now that you have given me a hearing heart and just be quiet. Just be quiet. I'm telling you, there's so much more to share, but I'm closing. Just be quiet. Then he says, let them come near, then let them speak. Let us come near together for judgment. See, back then, judgment was terrifying for them. Today, judgment is good for you. God says, come before me. Don't say a word. Let me talk to you for a little bit. Let me talk to you. Then he says, all right, now that you've been quiet, let's figure out what's not right in your life so that we can produce judgment. Are you sick? Then let's judge that sickness back on my son. Are you poor? Let's judge that poverty back on my son. Are you lacking favor? Let's judge that lack of favor back on my son. Come before me and renew your youth. Come before me and mount up with wings like eagles. Come before God and say, Father, give me a hearing heart. Can we do it this morning? Can you say this? Say, Heavenly Father, give me a hearing heart. A heart to hear you. A heart to hear your voice over all the noise. Over all the distractions, over all the chaos, give me a heart that hears you this year in 2020. In Jesus name. Amen. I'm telling you, oh man, there is so much that comes from this. I can't wait to start preaching next week. (laughs) In my mind, I thought just get past this Sunday so we can get to next week. Because once you start talking about hearing God's voice, I'm telling you, it's going to be fun. I'm telling you, this year is going to be fun. 
Because when you hear God, then he says, now I want you to start saying what I say. You'll come to the point where you just hear. And let me say this, starting this week, and I want to trust you to this. Starting this week, when you go home, ask God for a hearing heart. When you go to work tomorrow, ask God for a hearing heart. I'm serious. Ask God for a hearing heart. And what will happen in the beginning stages of this, you might start hearing your own thoughts. And that's okay. That's all right. If you're starting to read Proverbs every day, you might start hearing what you read. That's perfect. That's fine. And some of you, you'll say, God, give me a hearing heart. And all you hear is, you're forgiven, you're loved. Let me say this. All that is perfect, too. In the beginning stages, just do it. Just do it. And just say, Father, give me a hearing heart. Give me a hearing heart. And the more you do it, I'm telling you, just keep doing it. Don't be like those people who say, well, I heard the word on that Sunday, Vision Sunday. Ah, but you know. That's for everyone else in the church. It's not for me. No, 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 no. Be the good soil that endures. Ask God for a hearing heart every single day. Just keep asking. God, give me a hearing heart. And I'm telling you, you're going to be surprised what happens. 2020. You ready? Heavenly Father, can you stand to your feet? Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word this morning. Father, we thank you for what you've done. And Lord, we thank you that 2019, you carried us through. Father, you carried us through. There's a verse in the Old Testament. You said you brought out your people like a father holds his son's hand. Father, I thank you that you held our hand through 2019 and brought us to this point. And Father, everything, every wrong that's been done against anybody in this room. This morning, Father, we say by your grace, you are helping us to let it go. You're helping us to forgive. You're helping us to let it go, to love as you have loved us. Father, you are helping us to show the same grace and kindness that you are always showing us. And Father, as we start 2020, we thank you that we get a fresh, clean slate. In Christ, we always have a fresh, clean slate. But Father, as we start this year off from Vision Sunday, as we start 2020, Father, I thank you that, again, you've already gone ahead of us. But Father, I thank you that you are speaking louder to your people this year like never before. Father, I ask that you would give everyone in here, as we've already declared out of our mouth, I ask, Father, that you would respond and honor that request. Honor that request, Father, that everyone in here would have a hearing heart, that this year would be marked by hearing your voice more than ever before, that this year would be marked by being able to follow you as you lead us by your word. And Father, I thank you that you are speaking to the minds and the hearts of the people that are in here. To the minds and the hearts of the people that are in here. So, Father, we thank you for what you have done. And, Father, we thank you for what you are, all, what you are doing now and what you already planned for to do for us in 2020. So we thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everyone said? Can you lift your hands?